Good morning. Today is Wednesday, August 25th, 2021. Facebook has a new prayer feature. So what that means is that um, in uh, Facebook groups can create a special request for prayers and include a special I prayed button. So you click the button and it means I prayed. All right. I think the prayer feature in Facebook, like its friends feature, it is um, effortless and a superficial counterpoint to actual prayers and friends. Hopefully, more of us are or will soon be coming back to synagogue to pray in person. So I think it's important to focus now on those aspects of prayer that relate specifically to praying with others. Rabbi Jonathan Sachs says that prayer is the language of the soul in conversation with God. That applies to prayer everywhere, anywhere. But public prayer in a synagogue with a minion is also an interpersonal experience. We are relating to each other in the same way at the same time as we are all relating to God. Famously, the Arizal, the great Kabbalist, says that before we pray, we should say the following words. Hareni mekabel alatzmi, I accept upon myself to perform, to fulfill, mitzvahs v'ahavta l'reacha kamocha, the obligation to love my fellow as I love myself, because that also is an intrinsic part of prayer, especially public prayer. So, just like there are guidelines and expectations for our conversation with God, there are also guidelines and expectations for how we interact with each other in the synagogue. And all of that is a practical application of the mitzvah of to love your fellow as you love yourself during prayer, as part of prayer. So let me share just a couple of ideas briefly. Some of this comes from an essay by Rabbi Daniel Feldman. Part of it comes from my own experiences, but let me just share it just a little bit. Rabbi Elimelech Bar Shaul, as well as others, have made the point that there is a parallel between praying in a synagogue with a minion, with a community, and a symphony orchestra. In a symphony, every instrument is distinct, makes a different sound, a different tone, a different rhythm, but every instrument, when it comes together, creates something new. So, 
a soloist may be brilliant on their instrument, but when they are accompanied by a symphony, when they join together with all of these different instruments, some loud, some soft, some sweet, some harsh, then the music can be sublime. And that's exactly what happens with the congregation. Because the truth is, every single one of us is adding our own instrument. And what I add is different than everyone else. And what you add is different than everyone else. I might come with a certain emotion. You might come with a certain request. She might come with a certain feeling. Everyone is different. Everyone is playing a different instrument, following the same score, but a different instrument. And all of us together create this symphony that is so much more beautiful to God than any of our individual prayers. That's what we bring before God, this symphony of all of us together. And that means on a very practical level that when I come to shul, I need to be aware that I must respect every single person who is there. They could know more than me. They could know less than me. They could be more regular than me. They could be less regular than me. They could be more serious than me. They could be less serious than me. Older, younger, every single human being is adding something unique. And so every being has to be respected because the symphony would not be the same without any one of the people who are there. A consequence of that is that my behavior during prayer does not only affect my prayer, it affects the prayers of everyone around me. And so if I am dozing, if I am daydreaming, that affects the spiritual energy of the people around me and it brings them down. I need to be careful about praying properly with feeling and with sincerity, not only because of my obligation to God, but also as part of my obligation to everyone else who is with me. I can't let them down. Hopefully I should try to be among those who are lifting up. I'll put it in a very practical way. Ask yourself the following question. When you go to a synagogue, how do you decide in which seat to sit? Well, I'll make a suggestion that may not be what you have thought of before. Try to choose to sit next to a person who takes prayer seriously. And see if that has an effect on your own prayer. I myself have found that that is absolutely the case for me. And I would suggest you try it for you.
and see what your effect is. Another suggestion about how to choose where to sit in the synagogue that doesn't have to be a contradiction to what I just said is to make sure that you are choosing to sit in a place where you are able to remain calm and peaceful and not be provoked to get upset by someone who irritates you for whatever reason. Because a synagogue is a place of peace. A shul has got to be a place of harmony. There are all kinds of issues and there is a time and a place to raise issues and a way, of course, to raise issues almost always. In shul is not the right time. Shul needs to be a time and a place that is dedicated to concern, to harmony, to not creating machlokas, division, God forbid. And we need to make sure if we are near someone who is irritating us, move away and choose a different seat. I want to finish with a story. I've told this story before. And to my mind, this story is the epitome of how we should act in a synagogue. It's about a specific aspect of the synagogue service, but it applies in so many ways at so many different times. But here's the story. The story concerns a very great man I have the privilege to know, Rabbi Effie Buchwald. Rabbi Effie Buchwald, for many, many years, has been one of the rabbis at Lincoln Square Synagogue. And he initiated, created the idea that we refer to today as a beginner service, meaning a prayer service that is intended for people who may not have such a strong background so that everything is explained, so that people are welcome, so that people can ask questions at any time. He is the grandfather of this entire concept. I had the privilege to learn it from him and I have incorporated it in many different ways over the years. And he tells the following story. So, of course, Lincoln Square Synagogue on the west side of Manhattan in New York, especially for a beginner service, attracts all kinds of different people. All kinds of people. So, as part of the service on Shabbos morning, he would have the Torah reading, a little bit abridged, with explanations at the same time, but it was a Torah reading, take out the Torah, and they would call a man up for an aliyah. He would say the bracha before and the bracha after, an aliyah Torah reading. One Shabbos morning, Rabbi Buchwald calls up Yamod. He asked him his name. Let's say it was Sam. Yamod, Sam, come up for an aliyah. So Rabbi Buchwald is reading the Torah. And this fellow, I'm making up his name, Sam, is standing next to him. And Sam leans over and whispers in Rabbi Buchwald's ear, I'm not Jewish. So Rabbi Buchwald has to think through, number one, the halachic issue that 
We're about to make a blessing. The blessing has got to be made according to Jewish law by a Jewish person. Of course, everybody is welcome to attend a service and God hears the prayers of every single human being and we invite everybody. But to make a blessing to be called to the Torah for Aliyah, you have to be a Jewish person. You have to be a Jewish man. So what is he going to do? But at the same time, he doesn't want to do anything that might embarrass this man, that might cause him to feel that he had done something wrong. And he's got to balance that. And he's got to do it quickly because, you know, you only have a second to think about it. It's on the spot. So Sam leans over to Rabbi Buchwald. He whispers, I'm not Jewish. Rabbi Buchwald takes one silent moment to think it through. And then Rabbi Buchwald says, Amen. And he starts to read the Torah. That's got to be how the balance shakes out. Whatever it takes not to embarrass someone, to bring someone closer, to make people people feel at home, that's got to be the way we act towards each other in the synagogue. My friends, I want to wish you a wonderful day. And I look forward to seeing all of you soon in person. 